open up God's Word with you. I was here on Mother's Day, and it was a, just an awesome time to be able to, to talk then about forgiveness. At first, I didn't think it was great to talk about forgiveness, but it ended up okay. Um, just this morning, I shared with the, the first service, I said, um, I don't know if you guys are really trusting that God can use my gifts and abilities to speak today, or if you're desperate. Maybe it's a little bit of both, but here I am, and I'm ready to, to worship with you. Last week, if you were here, um, then you know that Pastor James started this two-part series, Love God, Love Others. It's our mission here at the church. It's also something we try to follow from the school side as well. And he left us showing us how important it is to have a firm foundation. And that foundation has to be understanding the love that we receive from God. That foundation has to be firm. It has to be tight. It has to be rock solid because then... As the rest of this commandment goes, it has to hold up the rest of it, which is to love others as we love ourselves. And that's kind of two parts that we're going to take a look at this morning. But towards those of you that are here, towards the beginning of his sermon, he opened up with this question or really two questions. He said, what are we doing and why am I here? And so when he talks about us as a church, as a body of believers, he's asking us, what are we doing with ourselves? As a Christian, what are you doing with the life that he has blessed you with, that he's blessed us with? As a church, what are we doing with the resources, with the people that he has given us to serve him in this community? What are we doing with those things? As individuals and as a church, we've had time to kind of take that in and digest it, to let it sit. And as we focus on the mission of love God, love others, it's such a fitting mission for us as a church and for the school. We have to strive to serve each other, strive to serve our community, and we do so for the Lord. Pastor James shared that this was a united mission, that this is a united mission between the church and the school, and he's absolutely right. We are called to love God above all else and to love one another as we love ourselves. And I think that we could probably agree that that is a heavy scripture for us to take in. And it's heavy to deal with. And there's a lot there that's packed in. But here's what I want you to see. If nothing else, it's not a suggestion. It's not a suggestion for us as believers. It's a commandment. And it's not just any commandment. It's what? The greatest commandment. That we are to love God above all else, love others as we love ourselves. And if you take time to reflect on that this morning... And the last time, if you remember, I get pretty excited and I get pretty aggressive in my preaching, but I'm going to ask you, how are you doing with that? How are you doing with that? It's not just any old commandment, it's the greatest commandment. And how are we doing with loving God above all else and loving others as ourselves? If we're honest, it might not be as good as we hoped it would be. Let's turn to our focus passage this morning. Pastor James led us there last week, so if you have your Bibles, I'd invite you to turn to Mark chapter 12. If not, it'll be on the screen, starting in verse 28. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. 
So if we start to take a look at this challenge, this commandment to us, we have to start with loving God. And we talked about that, all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And once we understand that that's the foundation of our love, the next step is to say, what do we do with that love? And we have to love others. But there is a lot to that. First, we have to be able to love ourselves. Loving your neighbor as yourself, and I mentioned this in the first services, found eight times throughout Scripture. Not once, not twice, but eight times. Loving your neighbor as yourself is so important that he not only repeats himself, but he makes it a commandment. And it's not just any command, it's the greatest. He coupled the command, love your neighbor as yourself with loving God with all of those attributes. And so when we look at that, we have to see the importance and the value within it. In the book of James, he calls it the royal law. The royal law. It sounds beautiful, and when we obey the royal law, it is beautiful to see. It's beautiful to see it played out, how God's love can spread to other people by our kindness, and we'll get to that. Loving your neighbor as yourself isn't always easy, and I think if I ask for a raise of hands, if you've ever found it difficult to love someone else, probably every one of us in this room would have one or both hands raised, right? It's not always easy. But I believe that's why God made it a command. He knew we would struggle. He knew we could struggle, and making it a commandment is actually to our benefit. Because now we have to do it on purpose. We have to make it a part of our lives. We have to be intentional on loving people, even knowing that we're called to love others that we may not like and we may disagree with. That's hard stuff, isn't it? Verse 31 gives us the direction and direct instruction, command to love your neighbor as yourself, it says. There is no commandment greater than these. To really grasp this concept of loving others as ourselves, we have to first understand the importance of loving you, loving me, loving ourselves. And if we're going to do that, then we have to know two things. We need to know what love is, first of all, And second of all, we need to believe and know that you are loved. Church, if you're here this morning and you say, oh, I got skeletons in my closet that would embarrass you, or I got things that I'm ashamed of, those things have been defeated. Those things are gone. When Christ conquered the cross and rose from the grave, they're they're gone. God's love conquers all, covers all. When I was pastoring a church in Verdon, My daughter Peyton, who is 13 now, she was five then. We had a a breakfast spot that we used to like to go to. And so I would try. She is not a morning person. Those of you that know her now as a 13-year-old teenager, she's not a morning person. But I would would bribe her and say, hey, if you get up, we can go get biscuits and gravy. That's everybody's love language, right? Biscuits and gravy. And so we had a little spot in Verdon that we liked, and we got up and we went, and we got our favorite table, and we had our favorite waitress, and the waitress was visibly upset. She was crying, and, and she was, was upset. And Peyton, after she took our drinks, Peyton kind of leaned over and said, ask her what's wrong. I said, you ask her what's wrong. I'm not going to do that. Like, why would I do that? She's obviously upset. So she comes back, and Peyton just kind of looking and looking and looking. And all of a sudden, I get a kick under the table, like nod. And I didn't say anything. So Peyton steps up and says, I don't know what's going on, five-year-old. I don't know what's going on, but I want you to know that Jesus loves you, and so do I. Plain and simple. The gospel message shared sermon over, right? That's it. We need to go out and be that kind of love to other people. Here's the reality. The Bible tells us that this is love. 
Not that we love God, but He loved us and sent His Son for us. Everyone needs to know that. No matter who you are, no matter what your background is, no matter where you lie on the political side of things, everyone needs to know that you are loved and it's God who loved you first. We need to know that. We need to believe that. We need to take that with us so that others can receive it as well. God loves you, church. Knowing that is imperative. And not just love in a general sense. He loves you with unconditional love. Love that can't be matched by anyone or anything. Not even the person who loves you most. God the Father is a source of all love. And before we can give this love, we need to receive it for ourselves. So I ask you, like I did the first service, if you are here and you've never experienced the love of Jesus Christ, you've never made him your personal Lord and Savior, today can be the day. And if you feel led to make that decision, grab someone, grab me, because this is important stuff. This is a love that will change your life forever. Amen? Church, simply, we have to love ourselves, which is the love of Christ. And if you don't have that love, then you can't give what you don't have. This love is for you. This love is for me. This love is for everyone. And those things that you think are too big for God's love, you think they're too much that stand in the way and he won't love you because of them, you're being misled. Those things don't define you anymore when you come to know the love of Christ. To love your neighbor as yourself, as commanded, we need to measure it correctly. Verse 31, if you'll notice, it says, we need to love as yourself. Love others as you love yourself. This is something that gets misunderstood sometimes in the body of Christ. Many times we get that confused with another scripture, another passage, another concept about denying ourselves or destroying ourselves or, or taking... Um, taking that out of context. Here's the thing we need to understand this morning is that this love is for you and this love is for me to come as we are. Jesus died for each and every one of us. He valued you enough to take on the cross. He went through what He went through and we owe it to Him to value what He values. If He valued you enough to take on the cross, then know that that's how important you are. That's how loved you are. He loves us. Learning to love ourselves will help us see that how dare we not love the Father and what He loves. And if He loves us, then we have to learn to love ourselves, and that helps prepare us to love others. Once we see that foundational importance of loving God, loving ourselves, we focus on our neighbors and others. Verse 32 of our passage The teacher of the law compliments. He said, well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, we have to take a look at that part. We have to take a look at loving our neighbor as ourself once we have this context in place. Starting in in verse 32, when we see that, he uses this context for relational purposes. And it helps prove just how crystal clear this is. To love others as ourselves requires a few important things. One is this. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says this. Be devoted to one another in love. It doesn't say be devoted to one another in happiness and comfort and peace. It says be devoted to one another in love, honor one another 
above yourselves. You know, sometimes when we are called to be devoted to one another and to honor one another and to love one another, it takes something called grace. Without grace, I wouldn't be standing here today. Without grace, we wouldn't have the strength and relationships that we have today. Think about your life. Someone extended grace to you at one point when you needed it most. Maybe you woke up today having the worst day you've ever had. Or maybe this week's been pretty rough. Anybody have a rough week? I'll put both hands up. It was rough. But it's good. But someone extended me grace. Someone has shown you grace, and I've received that grace when I needed it most. The love of God has to be filled with grace. Scripture says in Philippians 2.13, It's God who works in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Loving Him and our neighbor pleases Him. Grace helps us to do that. Grace teaches us proper love and respect for ourselves. It helps us to love our neighbor. And freely receiving His grace gives us the strength to freely give it away. And I want to ask you a real personal question. If you think about all the things you're dealing with, the people you may be upset with, the strife that you may have in your life, who is it that would benefit from receiving grace from you today? With grace, we also need something else called compassion. When Jesus asked, who is my neighbor, was asked, who is my neighbor, he responded with the story, one you know well, of the Good Samaritan, And even those who have no love for God see the value of this story. What's the bottom line of this story? Who did Jesus say was being a neighbor? The one who had compassion. Church, compassion is not simply this warm, fuzzy feeling that we put on daily. It's not just this warm, fuzzy feeling in our hearts. That's not compassion. Not true compassion anyways. Compassion does something. A heart that's moved by compassion will not sit still. A heart that is filled with compassion will be active. A heart that's filled with compassion will be on the move. It will be infectious. It will spread the love of Christ to other people. It will be something that is a part of our life and that's our desire, not a chore. Loving your neighbor as yourself is being moved to help to the full extent of your ability. Then there's a part of loving our neighbors and It's a pretty big concept. It's something I preached on in May, and that's forgiveness. If we're going to fully love other people, then we have to be able to forgive. Forgiveness is a big deal to God. He planned for it for us from the foundation of the world, and we can find that in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Jesus frequently spoke about forgiveness over other people, and that resulted in healing, usually physically. Think about forgiveness in our lives today. Think about how forgiveness can heal not only physically but spiritually and how important it is. Forgiveness is freely given to us and to love our neighbor as ourself, we have to pass forgiveness on. If you're here today and you're holding on to forgiveness, are you taking steps on making it right? I'm not saying everyone should be there today and you're going to leave church in just a few minutes and call up everyone that you need to forgive. Hey, Bob, I'm sorry. You're not going to do that, right? But are you making steps towards doing that? Are you making it a priority in your life? Forgiveness was freely given to you, and what are you doing with it? Are you freely extending it back, or are you harboring it? 
Are you holding it hostage? Jesus highlighted this in his story in Matthew 18 when Peter asked how many times is he to forgive? And he tells the story of the king who forgave an enormous debt to one of his servants and the servant failed to pass on that forgiveness. He demanded payment of small debt from his neighbor and when the king heard of it, he had his servant reprimand him for his debt, revoking the debt and canceling it altogether. And Jesus' story tells us that love conquers all. Love always forgives. We all need forgiveness. We all need it to receive it, to extend it. So loving your neighbor is to forgive them as you have been forgiven. And then as mentioned last week, we as the church and the school are going to work together as one body, one team, to love God and to love others. It's time to put our words into action. It's time to step up and to unify and to do it together. We are encouraged and led in loving God and putting Him first and foremost every Sunday here as a church and weekly in Bible studies and prayer groups. And at the school, we have weekly Bible classes and we have chapel. And this week, we're going to look at how we can put loving into others into action together. For us to do that, we have to remember these things. Serving comes from the heart. Serving is kindness in action. Kindness is one of these attributes of love listed in 1 Corinthians 13. And the funny thing, and maybe not so funny about kindness, though, is this. We can do acts of kindness without kindness residing in your heart. Think about that. Sometimes we can have acts of kindness and we can be seen doing this for someone, but if it's not in our heart, then we're just imposters. If it's not in our heart, then what good is it? Church, if the kind thing is done out of duty, then it isn't love. You know the childhood rhyme, sticks and stones. You guys know that one? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but what? Words will never hurt me. I've heard it said at a, at a youth conference, and I use it over and over again. My staff that are here are probably tired of hearing it, but it's so true this morning that words create worlds. We can either lift someone up, we can make their day, we can give them the bit of encouragement they need to get through, or we can destroy them. So I have to ask you today, which option are you using? Are you creating a world that people are being lifted up? Are you creating a world where people are encouraged to go out and be the best example of Christ they can be? Are you creating a world that puts people in a box, that tells them they're not good enough? It tells them they can't sit here or can't be a part of this. What are your words saying this morning? Because if our words say anything more or less than the gospel of Jesus, then they're just wasted words. The Bible says Jesus is the word in John 1.1. To love your neighbor as yourself is to use words to build people up. I want you to be reminded of that today. Be an example to those people you see. Think before you speak. How many of us can benefit from that? Me. Maybe it's giving someone a compliment today, telling someone you appreciate them, but make sure it comes from here and not just from nothing. Truly, godly love goes beyond compliments and sentiments. Remember these words in John 15, 13. It says this, Greater love has no one than this, 
to lay down one's life for one's friends. I have to ask you this. Does your love look like that this morning? Are you willing to go to those lengths to show the love of Christ? If not, what's stopping you? What's stopping us from having that kind of love and sharing the true, genuine love of Christ? The unadulterated, unfiltered love that He has. As we close, I want you to think about this. Now we've heard that we have to make God above all else, love Him above all else, love others as we love ourselves. You've heard why to love others and how to love others. And as a pastor, and when I, I sit where you're at in the congregation and a pastor speaks, and I always ask this question too, so what? Great. You said a few words, but so what? Why is it important? Maybe the better question is this this morning. What are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about loving others, loving God and loving others? Well, church, us as a church and the school have to step up. It's time for us to not look at ourselves as as two bodies, but come together as one. Amen? It's time to be one body, fueled by the blood of Jesus Christ, going together to share the gospel in what we say and what we do, putting love into action. And we have an opportunity to do that starting this week with the school, followed up um, next week by us as the church. So I've invited some of the VCS student council members to come and explain to us just exactly how we can do that. So if you all would come up. All right. First of all, if you would start, just introduce yourself and tell us your role on the student council. Hi, I am Josie Cole, and I am the VCS student council vice president. Hi, I am Lucas Weiselhoff, and I am an officer at VCS student council. All right. Josie and Lucas, will you tell us why you believe the food drive for the Taylorville Food Bank is important for us to be a part of? Let me ask you this. Why do you hope, what do you hope to accomplish with this food joint or food drive, joint food drive between VCS and, and Taylorville Christian Church? I hope to accomplish is bring the church and the school together to get food to the people who really need it. I hope to accomplish bringing the church and school together and feeding people that need it. Today we focus on loving God first and then loving others. How do serving others show God's love to them? Serving others shows that God knows and loves them and that he wants to do what is best for them. Serving others can mean a lot of different things, like helping people is one of them. And trying to think of another one. That's okay. I don't know any other, but I know helping is one of them. That's it. That's all we need to know. Very good. And then just one last thing. What kind of items can be donated? Uh, Josie, if you could just run a few to the food pantry. So some items you can bring is like canned fruits and veggies, pasta, noodles, helpers, stuff like that. But please no glass or outdated products. All right. We also, the food drive also needs peanut butter, jelly, no glass, 
box dinners, mac and cheese, and ramen noodles. All right. Thank you, guys. Good job. Church, this is more than just a food drive. It's more than, than that. It's a chance for both sides to come together, to lay down what's been in the past, to pick up what lies ahead for the future, to move together and be the hands and feet of Jesus. We should be one. This is a chance to lay down any differences that were once had, lay them aside and show people that we love God first and foremost, but also that they are loved not only by God, but by us. Let them know that this love is wrapped in the attributes of who Jesus is. Pastor James asked last week again, what are we doing? Why am I here? And to be frank, if we aren't here to love God and you aren't here to love others, then take these next few minutes before we come to the table and receive the elements to really evaluate who you are and why we're here. Take the moment to check your heart. After the service, the students will be in the back at these main doors and they'll have a list of items. They're separated into class, but you could give any of the items on there. This is more than just the church and the school collecting items at separate times and then hoping the food gets to the food pantry. No, they're going to roll up their sleeves. They're going to work together. We're donating items together. We're going to load the trailer together. We're going to deliver the items together. We are one body. We are one church. Taylorville Christian Church, Vision Way Christian School. Amen? Amen. We are one. Let's leave here today putting love into action, striving to become people who love God, who love others, and all God's people said. Let's pray. Father God, may we know just how loved we are by you. Lord, that you first loved us, and that that love is a firm foundation for us to not only love ourselves, but to love others. Lord, it's my prayer today that if there are people here that don't know the love that you offer through your Son, Jesus Christ, and they don't have salvation, Lord, that they won't wait any longer. They'll come today to receive you. And Lord, that we will leave here challenge people, that when we take a look at our hearts, Lord, and we take a look at what's inside in our innermost being, Lord, that we will see that it's the love of Christ and that we will act in kindness and compassion and grace. Lord, we'll trust you um, to handle the results, Father, and we'll trust you to guide us and lead us where you'd have us. We ask these things in your son's name. Amen.